welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. Who's a little bit curious? Yeah, it's an interesting topic, isn't it? And hopefully, as I share this message this morning... Hopefully I don't step on people's Bible prophecy toes too much. There might be some things that uh, maybe aren't quite the same as things you've heard before or things you've thought about Bible prophecy or end times or some of those things. But hopefully we'll we'll look at these in Scripture and and make sense of some things. Because this is a topic where there are uh, a, a lot of different points of view, a lot of different interpretations, a lot of different understandings about what things are going to look like, how things are, uh, are going to happen. I called the message this morning, he's coming back. It's a great thing to, to remember and be reminded of. And this is why I want to kind of finish off. I thought this was a, a fitting kind of last message in this series. I know we've been doing this series for a while now, this on repeat, looking at the, the things that we need to keep coming back to again and again, reminding ourselves of, realigning ourselves with. And this is something that I think uh, often we can forget. It can kind of not necessarily forget, but it's kind of something we don't necessarily live in the reality of all the time, is it? And so it's important that we remind ourselves that Jesus is coming back. But it's a topic that's often controversial, at times can be divisive within the church, nearly always has elements that are confusing or difficult to understand and difficult to make sense of. And probably because of those things, I don't talk about it a whole lot. And I've kind of, in some ways, sort of shied away from it a little bit, in some ways felt a little bit unqualified to really teach or to talk about to a great, de- uh, to a great degree. But I do come back to uh, one of the things that I really believe, and that is that all Scripture is useful. All Scripture is helpful to us. And um, uh, Timoth- Paul writes that to Timothy and says, you know, all Scripture is the very breath of God and it is helpful in, in teaching us and training us in, in righteousness. And, and so uh, I don't want to kind of just have that view of, oh, no, I don't talk about that, but I wanted to have a go. So what I've done is I've tried to learn some stuff. And I want to share with you the message this morning, which is kind of fairly closely based on a series of messages by Pastor Joe Habermill, who's a pastor at Hope Central in Adelaide and is a good friend of mine. And I really found these messages that of his to be helpful for me in understanding and making sense of what's some difficult stuff. And if you've had a conversation with me about some of this stuff, you, you might remember that I've referred, I know I've kind of encourage you to go and listen to those and I don't know whether you ever did or not but uh, if you didn't we're going to talk about some of that stuff this morning anyway so that's all right but they're really good messages and so I kind of want to share some of that material that comes from Pastor Joe but I just wanted to give him some some credit um, and uh, and if you don't like it you can blame him maybe I don't know no, <laughs> no not really but we're gonna we're gonna look at some stuff from script if I, if I didn't believe it I wouldn't say it I wouldn't get up here and I wouldn't teach it from, from uh, here. So um, this is stuff that I uh, believe and things that make sense to me in terms of what I read in Scripture. So if you want to open your Bibles this morning, if you've got them, well, I do have Scriptures on the screen, but if you want to follow along in your Bible, we're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 24. 
And you might think that's an unusual place. You might have been expecting us to go to Revelation or something in talking about Jesus' return. But Matthew chapter 24 uh, and some of 25 are some of the the best scriptures because Jesus actually talks about what's going to happen. And and ultimately, we have to align... this This is really the passage of scripture that we need to align everything to. This is one of the best scripts. If your if you're understanding of end times based on interpreting symbology and, and symbols and, and visions and dreams and stuff doesn't line up with what Jesus said, then it's wrong. We need to align ourselves and align our understanding with what Jesus said. And this is one of the few times that Jesus really talks about this topic. He kind of talks about the future quite a lot in relation to predicting his own death and what's going to happen in his life and and shortly after but he doesn't talk a a whole lot about this kind of uh in what what we often refer to as end times this this passage so we're going to read from matthew chapter 24 and uh, starting at the beginning so we read in in the first three verses as jesus was leaving the temple grounds his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings But he responded, do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth, they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? So just just to kind of paint the setting here uh, a little bit, to paint the picture for you a little bit and some context, the disciples, they're, they're with Jesus, they're in Jerusalem, they're seeing this temple. Now this is the temple that was originally built on the, the site of the first, so remember who built the first temple to God way back in the Old Testament was King Solomon, remember? Yep, and then it was destroyed uh, and all the all the nation was sent into exile and then they came back and there was Nehemiah and Zerubbabel and those guys who kind of came back and there was sort of like this rebuilding and they rebuilt the wall and they rebuilt the temple, all that kind of stuff. But in, in Jesus' day, and this is, kind of began, they think, in around about 18 or 19 BC, so uh, a little while before Jesus came onto the scene, King Herod began expanding and restoring the the temple because he wanted to be responsible for the greatest temple that had ever been built and he's like the original one uh, when i'm uh, sorry the, the the second temple when it was rebuilt after the exile was actually deliberately made smaller than the first one <laughs> and king herod wasn't happy about that how could you say it's the greatest ever when it's not the biggest and you know shiniest and flashiest and so he's undertakes this massive project to, to expand and restore and he's doing additions here and he's actually expand like he fills in bits and he, he uh, creates a basically a, a bigger foundation and he's kind of doing all this stuff and and they're there and uh, there's something like uh, at this point when the disciples are there it's probably been a work that's been underway for around 46 years or so and it probably wouldn't it wasn't going to be completed until around 63 uh, AD so quite a number of years after this is around uh, when we read this story it's somewhere around the vicinity of 27 to 33 AD so there's still something like another 30 years of work that's still going on but it's it's, this is this massive undertaking that Herod is funding 
and the disciples come along and they're amazed and it, and it was an amazing construction some of the like the the massive big foundation stones were in the vicinity of 10 tons in size so we we still uh like tr- are still trying to work out how they actually managed to move some of these stones they were that big um and that massive but there would have been this kind of th- this excitement and this curiosity and this you know amazement you know and then jesus is kind of uh, he, he, he says that statement where he says, you know, you, you're impressed by this, you know, you think this is amazing, but I can tell you, like, it's not going to be that long and every stone's going to be toppled, you know, it's all coming down. It is all going to be destroyed, it's all going to be wiped away. And so a little bit later on, they, they kind of cross down the valley and go up into the Mount of Olives and Jesus is having one of his kind of, you know, coaching sessions or mentoring sessions with the disciples and you know sharing with them some stuff and they you know they come and you can imagine that when Jesus is starting to talk about the this massive big tetroid and and things like that it kind of sound you can imagine how they kind of go oh that sounds like you know that must be the end of the world you know if this incredible construction and all these massive stones it's all going to be you know and so they come to Jesus and like, when's this going to happen um what you know tell us tell us tell us there's this, this kind of excitement is this is this going to be the end of the world is this going to be when you're going to you know kick out the romans and become king and you know reign and rule and you know everyone have to listen to you and and to us because we'll sort of be there with you as you you know you kind of your your um your, your loyal disciples who've been with you in your ministry so they're getting excited you know and jesus is they've kind of just had that that moment uh, of excitement and adrenaline and exhilaration when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the donkey. You remember that? And everybody's shouting and declaring Hosanna to the son of David and, you know, palm branches and they're throwing their coats at him and, you know, you're almost just about ready to crown him king and the disciples, you know, they must have been thinking, yes, this is it. You know, all of our, all of our sacrifice and all of our leaving our, our, our fishing nets and our fishing boats and walking away from our careers to follow Jesus, this is, you know, this is going to be the culmination. This is the fulfillment when we're, it's all going to come back around and God's going to reward us and, you know, and we're going to be given thrones next to Jesus. But Jesus knows that in just a few days' time, bad things are going to happen good bad things but but bad things before he comes back to rule he's going to be betrayed by all of his followers they're all going to abandon him they're all going to leave him he knows that he's going to be whipped beaten tortured wrongfully convicted and sentenced to death by crucifixion jesus knows that he's going to die and be be buried in a tomb and then rise again and, and walk and talk with his disciples for 40 days and he's going to give them all kinds of instructions about what to do after he's gone and then right there on the Mount of Olives where he's, he, he's with, currently with his disciples he, he knows that that's the, the place where he's going to ascend back up into heaven and he's going to send the Holy Spirit to help his people to help his his followers and it's going to be but it's going to be a long time before he returns it's going to be thousands of years before he returns to earth again and so much is going to happen and the disciples they want to know it all (laughs) don't they tell us jesus tell us come on 
When's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? What's it going to look like? Tell us now, tell us now, tell us now. Now, one of the things that, as, as we read on from here, one of the things that can be, uh, what that can cause some confusion is if we don't realize the questions that Jesus is answering. Sometimes people think there's just this one question that Jesus is answering, but there's actually two questions. And we read, I've got them here. Question one was, when will all this happen? And question two was, what sign will signal your return and the end of the world? Now, they're different questions, aren't they? So I want you to just kind of keep that in the back of your mind uh, as we read this next passage of Scripture and listen for Jesus addressing these two different things. All right, verse 4. Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted and killed. That took a dramatic turn very quickly, didn't it? <laughs> this wasn't the answer that they were, they were hoping for here, but uh, this is what Jesus says. He says, you will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many fake, uh, false prophets, same thing, false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. So I just want to stop here for a minute. Before Jesus actually addresses and answers these two questions that the disciples have asked, he actually gives some cautions. This is what we've just read. There's actually four cautions here that Jesus gives to his disciples. And it's quite appropriate that Jesus gives the cautions before the answers because he knows that as human beings, we have uh, a bit of a problem or actually a, a big problem with prophecy and uh and we can see that you don't have to talk to too many people or read too many things about bible prophecy to understand how easily human beings mess it up and we misinterpret it and we twist things to mean what they never really meant and we get overly fixated on stuff and and we get too eager and we get too focused and we actually forget what our what our job is and generally, Jesus knows that it just, in, in most cases, it just isn't really a good thing for us to know the future. I don't, I don't know if you've ever thought about this too. It's, it's the premise of a lot of science fiction movies where they kind of, you know, they, they figure stuff out and it causes all sorts of havoc and things to go wrong um, if, you're, if you're a fan of the genre like I am. Uh, but it's this kind of temptation that we have, isn't it? How many of you would like to know what was going to happen tomorrow? 
I, I, lots of us would, I think, wouldn't we? You know, uh, lotto numbers or you know, <laughs> uh, all kinds of things. And, and Jesus is like, no, you, like you, you don't really want to know. You know. It causes all kinds of problems. And so the first thing that he does is he gives them these cautions uh, as kind of like this preface so that they don't get messed up by this prophecy uh, and what he's talking about. And the first caution that he gives is this don't be misled by false messiahs he says don't get sucked in by the false ones don't get sucked in by the falsies um now it it was an interesting time and and a difficult time in a lot of ways because they didn't have the ability to rapidly communicate information the way that we do today today we can send a message across the world in seconds you know, we can send a, a large amount of information very quickly and, and on, a, on a huge scale. We can send messages instantly to, to long lists of people and, and all that kind of stuff, but they didn't have that. Um, and so what, would, what happened and what actually proved to happen um, was that people would go, oh, you know, after Jesus left, it would be like, oh, we saw Jesus over here. And then everybody would kind of rush over here to see where Jesus was, but he wasn't there. And they'd go, oh, no, no, hang on a minute, he's over here. You know, someone saw him over there, or someone saw him here, or someone saw him there. And, uh, and there was all this kind of uh, stuff that would be going, all these stories that would be going on. And in time, um, as the years kind of started, and I don't know if you ever heard about this, I was doing a little bit of reading about people who have claimed to be Jesus because after time uh, it became not so much like I saw Jesus here or I saw Jesus there but um, the spirit of Jesus has come back and is now in me and, and over the the centuries even just in the last you, you know even just in the last you know 100 200 years there are scores and scores and scores of people who've made this exact claim some of them you might have heard of probably a lot of them you haven't um, but all over the world, in, in all kinds of nations around the world, in Australia, in America, in, yeah, in Asia, uh, everywhere, there's all these people who've gone, oh yeah, Jesus is in me now. Come and follow me and they started cults and, and all kinds of things that have, that have gone on. Hundreds and hundreds of people throughout the centuries have claimed to be Jesus or the, or the next kind of incarnation of Jesus and Jesus is saying don't don't get sucked in by that it, it's not real when when people say that don't listen to them don't believe them uh, don't be deceived the second caution that he gives is this don't panic about earthly events when Jesus talks about the the earthquakes and and famines and wars and rumors of wars you know there's a lot of people that uh, that look at that stuff that's happening today, because we know that stuff happens now, don't we? We know that stuff is happening today. Um, the reality is it's been happening for a long time. Earthquakes are not a new thing. Wars are not a new thing. Famines are not a new thing. Um, they've been happening and happening over and over again. But every time there's a big earthquake or every time there's a, a new war that's starting, somebody pipes up and says, oh, this must mean that Jesus is about to come back. But the actual... Uh, you know, kind of, you know, didn't Jesus say, you know, there'd be earthquakes, you know, and, and famines and wars and, um, you know, this, this, this must be it. But in fact, Jesus is kind of saying almost the exact opposite of that. He says, you'll see this stuff happen, 
but don't don't panic don't get worked up about that stuff don't don't get uh fixated or worried or anxious about any of that kind of stuff because that's just the beginning so that that's not kind of the sign that you're at the end that's just you know that's the very beginning what does he say he says yes these things must take place but the end won't follow immediately and then in verse 8 he says all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come so he's, he's jesus saying don't get worked up about earthly events don't get fixated on trying to to figure all that stuff out and point to this and point to that and go oh this means that and that means that he says all that stuff's going to happen but don't panic don't get worked up don't don't uh overly focus on earthly events the third caution that he says is this don't get worn down he says there's going to be persecution there's going to be people who hate you um there's there's going to be all kinds of things that uh people are going to try to do to you and and all that kind of stuff he says hold fast stay firm to the end don't give up he says i'm going to be a while (laughs) so don't lose your faith don't get discouraged don't get worn down and fourthly the fourth caution that he gives is remember the goal remember the goal he says what is the goal this is the goal he says the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and the end uh, and then the end will come the goal is for the gospel for every person in the world to hear the gospel for everybody to have an opportunity to respond to the gospel now sometimes i hear people and they're like oh the world is so terrible and horrible i should just kind of hide away and stay in my house until um you know jesus comes back and jesus is saying no no no, don't do that <laughs> don't don't hide yourself away we what the, the because the goal is that people hear the gospel and if all of the jesus people who have the gospel are hiding away then other people don't get to hear the gospel and so he says it's, it's really important that we don't hide away in our house but we get out of our house and we go and we talk to people about jesus that we talk about the good news that we talk about his kingdom that jesus is coming back and that he wants to save you so don't stay up all night studying and trying to work out when jesus is coming back don't uh better yet don't study that at all (laughs) just focus on telling people the good news about jesus it's what Jesus is saying, saying, this is the goal, focus on this. All right, so those are the cautions that Jesus prefaces his comments with. So now let's read on a little bit more. And we're going to come to uh, this next bit we're going to read uh, is Jesus' response to question number one, when will this happen? Now, remember the question, when will this happen, was uh, about, you know, the, the stones throwing down thing and the temple being broken. And, you know, they're like, when is that going to happen? Because that's what Jesus has just told them. so he goes on verse 15 he says the day is coming when you will see what daniel the prophet spoke about the sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing in the holy place you might have heard the phrase the abomination that causes desolation that's what jesus is talking about here and he refers to the prophet daniel which is where that that phrase come from he says reader pay attention then those in judea must flee to the hills A person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. 
A person out in the field must not return even to get a coat. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days. And pray that your flight will not be in winter or on the Sabbath, for there will be greater anguish than at any time since the world began. And it will never be so great again. In fact, unless that time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive. But it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen one, chosen ones. So this subject that Jesus is talking about here is the destruction of the temple. And he talked about all every stone being thrown down. And that actually occurred in AD 70 when Rome destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. And Jesus is, is predicting and looking forward and, and warning them that this is going to happen 40 years before it happens. And what Jesus, because Jesus is talking about these things and he understands some of the things that are about to come and what, some of the things um, that, that are coming up. And what was happening at that time is that there was, there was rumors of kind of rebellion. Obviously, the nation was, was under Roman occupation and, but the, there was kind of stirrings of rebellion against Rome that was happening, particularly in uh, Jerusalem. Now, as a uh, kind of a, a stamp of his authority or as a sign or, or you know, uh, perhaps wanting to kind of put down this rebellion, uh, the, the leader of the Roman army, who later became, I believe, later became emperor, but uh, he set himself up in the temple in the holy place and had pigs sacrificed on God's altar. And we know pigs were uh, considered unclean animals and were not suitable sacrifices or appropriate sacrifices according to God's law. And it's almost as if this, this leader of, uh, or this representative of Rome is kind of setting himself up in God's temple and saying, the might of Rome is greater than the power of your God. And he went into the holy place where they weren't supposed to go. And it's almost, almost like he was taunting the, the people to say, well, if your God was so powerful, he wouldn't let me do this. And he set up uh, his own idols and, and things in that place and made those sacrifices. And it's kind of like, uh, if you like, it sort of, to me, it sounds a little bit like he's kind of going, uh, you know, your God isn't powerful enough to stop me. The might of Rome is greater, so you might as well just give up now because your God isn't going to save you. And you can imagine um, how faithful Jewish people responded to, to, to this, you know, particularly those who where rebellion was already fermenting, right? There's kind of already these stirrings. This is like the last straw for them they're like you know we got to get rid of these guys we've got to do it now this is this is this is it we can't take this anymore and so the 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 jews became enraged and attacked the romans and actually succeeded in kicking them out of the city however their victory was short-lived and rome kind of regathered they they regathered their full military force and came back and just obliterated jerusalem they killed everybody, they destroyed everything, they tore the temple apart. The Jews did not stand a chance against the full force uh, of Roman uh, military. And they, they scattered them. Those, those that they didn't kill, um, they sold into slavery. 
Um, basically, there was nobody left in the city. Uh, and, and they completely wiped out um, uh, the Jews uh, as a nation, and, and they didn't exist again as a nation until um, the century, 948 or whenever it was, when they were declared, given that the homeland again. The thing was, everyone who was in the city was, was killed or sold into slavery, but there were thousands and thousands of Christians who remembered Jesus' words and they paid attention to Jesus' words and when they saw the signs of things happening they fled out into the hills just like Jesus had instructed them to and they, they, they survived, they, they lived because the, the Romans were really only interested in coming and, and, and destroying Jerusalem so everyone who was out in the hills was spared So this is this is what Jesus is kind. Of, Jesus is warning that this is going to happen, um, and even within their lifetime. So let's let's read on a little bit more. Um, we kind of see a little bit of Jesus' response to question two. Remember what question two was: What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? Jesus goes on, he says, Then if anyone tells you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. See, I've warned you about this ahead of time. So if someone tells you, look, the Messiah is out in the desert, don't bother to go and look. Well, look, he's hiding over here. Don't believe it. For as the lightning flashes in the east and shines to the west, so it will be when the Son of Man comes. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens. And there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with the mighty blast of a trumpet. And they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Now in these verses, Jesus is going to kill forever the idea that you might miss Jesus coming back. He's absolutely, you kind of, do, you, you kind of get that impression, don't you? He's like saying that, because the, the whole premise about the false messiah is going, oh look, Jesus is over here. It all hinges on the fact that you might have missed it, that Jesus might have come back and you didn't notice and he's going to do the whole sneaky thing like he did at Bethlehem, where he's like, you know, Jesus comes as a baby and, you know, most of the world misses it apart from a few shepherds and, you know, uh, and that kind of thing. And somehow he's going to slip back in the door, you know, whoops, bad luck, you missed it. And he says, it's, it's not going to be like that this time. <laughs> so Jesus tells them, you don't have to worry. You know, if someone's over here saying Jesus is over here, ignore it. It's, it's garbage, it's rubbish, you don't have to believe it because when Jesus comes back, you're going to know it. It's going to be about as, uh, as subtle as a sledgehammer, it's going to be about as sneaky as lightning, he says. 
you know what it's like when you there's a big thunderstorm you know and there's, there's a light and the lightning flashes and you go ooh lightning you know and even if you weren't looking in the right direction you kind of you know the lightning's over there and you're over there but you still see the big flash in the sky don't you and everything's lit up it's like you you, you can't you, it's hard to miss and even if you happen to miss the lightning, even if you blinked or something, there's this big kind of crashing, booming roar that, you know, wakes people up in the middle of the night, except for you really heavy sleepers, you know who you are, Hayden. Um, <laughs> and then the dog's going mental and, 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 and barking and, and going off her head and, you know, or whatever, uh, you know. Uh, and and, and there's, there's Jesus going, hey, look at me up here in the clouds. And just so that the focus is really on me and there's no distractions for you, I'm going to get rid of everything else in the sky. Sun, gone. Moon, gone. Stars, gone. Just me. Just me up here. Woo! <laughs> and just in case, just in case you are one of those really, really heavy sleepers and, and you kind of miss the you know, the, the Jesus in the sky and the sun going away and the moon going away and all this kind of, you know, stuff like that you can't possibly miss. There's going to be angels going around with giant trumpets like blasting. It's like this is the event that you will not miss. His return will be the thing that you cannot help but pay attention to. Every, he says everybody will see it. Everybody will know. Everybody is going to know. You don't have to wait to see it on the six o'clock news. You don't have to hope that somebody posts about it on Facebook. You don't have to, you know, try to, 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 to read up on it. It's like, you're going to know. You're going to see it. It's going to be there in your face for everybody. <laughs> All right. So now he goes on after establishing that, establishing like you don't have to worry about this, you're like you're not going to miss it, it's going to happen. Now he starts to talk about the seasons. He says, now learn a lesson from the fig tree. So he says, he's talking, now he's talking about the temple. He says, when, it's, when it comes to the temple being destroyed, it's going to be like watching the seasons change. Now we don't have to be a meteorologist to to notice when the season starts to change do you we've just kind of been coming into spring and in Wyala, what does spring mean spring means the temperature goes like this you know one day it's 30 degrees and the next day it's 16 degrees and everyone's like ah and everybody starts sneezing because there's pollen in the air everywhere and the magpies are swooping everybody so <laughs> the key signs you know Never mind the, 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 the flowers budding or the trees, you know, blossoming or, you know, forget all that. It's like the magpie swooping, it must be spring. Uh, <laughs> but he says, learn a lesson. And he's talking about this, he's saying, you know, when, with, this, with this temple stuff, he's saying there's going to be lots of signs. He's saying it's going to be like the seasons. When its branches bud, um, the fig tree, when, the, when its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. Says, I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene until all these things take place. Now, I, I don't imagine that everybody who was around when Jesus was saying these words was still alive at the destruction of the temple, but there was it was around 40 years later, so there would have been some people who were still around. In that sense, he's saying it's it's not that far away. This this is coming soon. 
like make sure you you pay attention to this because you or your kids are going to need to know there would have been kids the, the kids who were alive when jesus said this would have been adults when when this came to fruition jesus tells the disciples that there's going to be all these signs that lead up to this destruction of jerusalem and what happens with rome and and all that kind of stuff and they're going to know that it's time to run for it and to get out of dodge then he goes on so he talked about that and he's going on he says heaven and earth will disappear but my words will never disappear however no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen not even the angels in heaven or the son himself only the father knows when the son of man returns so now he's talking about his return it will be like it was in noah's day in those days before the flood the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time noah entered the boat people didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away that is the way it will be when the son of man comes two men will be working together in the field one will be taken the other left two women will be grinding flour at the mill one will be taken the other left so you too must keep watch for you don't know what day your lord is coming understand this if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into you also must be ready all the time for the son of man will come when least expected so jesus is drawing a contrast between the events that he was talking about with the destruction of the temple and his return and so he's uh, uh, he's going you know when the when the when it's lit about the temple about to that time when the temple is going to be destroyed there's going to be all kinds of signs you're going to see the signs it's like the seasons changing there's going to be things that you're going to recognize uh, and you'll know that it's time to run when it comes to my return no signs temple destroyed lots of signs my return no signs well he what well, he says there will be a sign the sign will be him appearing in the clouds <laughs> all right when you see jesus appearing in the clouds that's how you know it's time all right um and then they say well when 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 will it happen and that, that's what we all want to know isn't it when will it happen when will it happen what does jesus say jesus says i don't know he says no one knows not the son not the angels only father they ask jesus when he's going to be returning and he says i don't know they say well there'll be signs he says yeah the same signs that all the people had before the flood none <laughs> they didn't have any signs the flood just kind of came on them and they were they were you know they, so there's, there's no warnings no announcements jesus returns no beasts no microchips no barcodes no signs when he comes he'll just come he says just like a thief they don't tell you when they're going to rock up and and rob your house do they doesn't say oh, i'm coming next wednesday at uh you know 11 p.m so just make sure you've got all your your good valuables out so make it easy for me you know no <laughs> that's not how it works is it they come at a time when they think you're least expecting them they come at two o'clock in the morning 
or they come when you're, you know, you're away on holidays or whatever the case might be, when they think that you're not expecting it, when they can catch you unawares. And Jesus is saying it's going to be a little bit like that. You won't be expecting it. I, 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 I often come back to this idea when I hear people kind of talking about, oh, I know when Jesus is coming back. And I say, well, Jesus didn't know and he said nobody will know. And there'll be no signs and nobody will be able to predict it. And you'll be when you don't expect it. So how, how is it that you think from that, that, that then you can figure out when it's going to happen? Seems a little bit contradictory to what Jesus is saying here, doesn't it? Now, sometimes people confuse this thief in the night thing with thinking that, that we're going to miss it. Yeah, because when, sometimes when a, a burglar comes, you're like, you don't know they're there and it's not until like, you know, you get back from your holiday or you wake up in the morning and you discover something's missing and you're like, oh, and it's kind of led to this kind of secret rapture thing where, you know, people are going to wake up one morning and discover that all these people are missing and, and all that kind of stuff. And Jesus is not saying it's going to be like a secret thing. That kind of is almost the opposite of what Jesus was just saying, wasn't it? When he said, oh, it's going to be this great thing and angels are going to be blasting trumpets and there's going to be, you know, it's going to be like lightning where everybody sees it. Not, not actual lightning, but it's, it's like that in the way that everybody will see it. Everybody will know. You won't miss it. And sometimes I think, like, so, so don't get caught up into that thing of going, you know, well, Jesus is going to come back and take everybody and it's going to be this secret thing that happens and, you know, you're going to blink and miss it. Here's what I want us to kind of take away. Here is, is kind of why I think it's really important for us to understand this idea uh, about what, what Jesus is saying here uh, about when he's least expecting, when we least expect it. It's kind of like um, living ready. You know, he says, you must be ready all the time. We need to live with that readiness, live with that expectation that Jesus is coming back today. How would that change your priorities? How would that change how you choose to spend your time? How would that change the decisions that you make if you lived with that kind of mindset, that reality that Jesus is coming back today? Live like he's coming back today. Don't leave things undone. Don't leave things undone. Don't go, oh, you know, yeah, I know I've got this kind of broken relationship with this person, but we'll figure it out eventually. Like, deal with it now. Address it now. Fix them now. We say, oh, yeah, I really want to talk to that person about Jesus, and, you know, maybe one day I'll get an opportunity or whatever. And I know that, like, sometimes I know, we're like, we, we try and we try and we try, and, you know, That's kind of not really what I'm sort of talking about. But, you know, if there's someone that we know that God's put on our heart and we've never, never talked to them about Jesus, never shared that gospel, like, don't, don't wait. Don't put it off for another day. Don't leave it for another time because there might not be another time. When we're tempted by sin, kind of, well, if we think about that, you know, Jesus could come back today. Jesus is coming back. If we live with that mindset, we're gonna, it, it helps us to make that choice not to be enticed or sucked in by sin um, uh, because we don't want to kind of be caught in the middle of it. We want Jesus to come back in the middle of us doing something that we know we shouldn't be doing, do we? <laughs> you know what it's like when you're... you're 
you, if you remember when you were a kid and you knew that there was something you really wanted to do, you know, you really wanted to take that cookie out of the cookie jar and, uh, you know, you, you, you don't go and do it while your mum's in the kitchen. <laughs> you wait till she goes out the back into the garden and then you go get the cookie jar. You, you don't, you don't, you're not silly enough to kind of go, oh, I'm going to do it right in front of you and get busted and... You know, it's like it's it's that kind of mentality if we think about that and, and I know you know there's all sorts of we know that Jesus sees everything and all that kind of stuff but sometimes it's it's our it's our attitude it's our mentality it's the way we think the way we process things isn't it live ready live like none of the stuff that we accumulate is going to matter all this stuff on the surface is going to is going to go away it's all going to be destroyed Jesus is not interested in preserving it he's not going to come and cover the earth in preservatives he's going to come and wipe it all away start afresh if you live like jesus is about to return if you and i make that choice to start living that way and and thinking that way then it has the potential to radically change the way that we live and that's exactly what jesus wants Would your priorities be different? Are there things that are upsetting you now that maybe wouldn't upset you if you thought, oh, well, it doesn't matter, Jesus is coming back? Are there things that we get worked up about, things that we get anxious over, that if we, if we lived with that mindset of Jesus is coming back, there'd be things that we'd maybe find a little bit easier to let go of? Can we pray together? Father, we thank you for the things that you taught us in your word. Lord, I pray that you help us to, to digest and understand what you're saying through these things as, as we take this away and as we, we process this today and, and during this week particularly. Lord, we thank you that you don't tell us about these things in order to scare us but to encourage us and to help us to live wisely, to help us to, to, to have good and healthy priorities in our life, to help us to make choices that, that honour you and help us to be closer to you. Father, as Christians, we long for the day when you return. We long for the day when Jesus comes to, to reign over everything in his glory and to put things right and to wipe away tears and to, to, to get rid of sin and death. God, we long for that day. But Lord, we wait patiently, uh, but with eagerness for things to be set right. And Lord, we wait for, with eagerness for things to be set right in our hearts too. Lord, even right here and right now, as we begin to, to, to think about these things, Lord, help us in that. Help us to, to wisely consider the things in our own lives, the things that you're showing, and showing us today. Lord, help us to, to wisely consider the priorities that we've set. And Lord, whether you want some of those to be changed or adjusted. Father, help us to, to consider our words the things that we say or maybe ought to say, <laughs> the things that you're wanting us to say to our friends, to, to family members, to our neighbours, to our work colleagues, 
Lord, help us to speak with that understanding and realization that you could come back today. Lord, our relationships. Lord, help us to wisely consider like what we can do um, or how you're wanting us to address relationships that are maybe broken. Maybe relationships that, that are under strain. God, help us not to, to put off dealing with those things because they might be difficult, because they might hurt. Lord, give us courage and boldness to live ready. Father, we know that this is a really this, this, this is an impossible thing for us in our own strength. But we thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit to teach us, to guide us, to strengthen us, to empower us, to give us that boldness that we need. Father, I pray that as we as we think about these things that you're prompting in our hearts, that you help us, you give us that strength that we need. Father, we thank you for the things that you've been showing us this morning. We pray that you would continue to stir our hearts, that we might be people who, who love radically, who are, who are obedient to the leading of your spirit, who are an effective witness for Jesus, who share the good news, representatives of, of God in our world. Father, help us to live ready, we pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at BethelCRC.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.